We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by WinBet. I'm Andrew Laird and joining me shortly is Scott Jenstead as we discuss stacking and positional prioritization in daily fantasy football. Similar to what we've done in the past few weeks when we discussed the basics of daily fantasy football and then the importance of contest selection, we are replaying previously recorded episodes to get everyone prepared for the upcoming daily fantasy football season. Again, these are previously recorded, so there may be some players we use as examples who've changed teams or teams that have changed significantly since the podcast was initially posted, but the concepts are still very applicable. So with that, let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Football Podcast, uh, the DFS version. It is Friday, August 2nd. I'm Scott Jenstead, joined again today by Andrew Laird. Uh, also, if you could please rate and review the podcast, that goes a long way towards uh, helping the podcast, too. If you're enjoying listening to us to start the year here, uh, we'd be uh, very appreciative if you uh, left some good stars, some good comments. That would be fantastic. Uh, Andrew, it's uh, we're finally in August. We kind of sort of had a preseason game uh, last night, apparently. That's uh, that's what I heard. Uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. August now feels like we should be talking about football. I realize that people have been talking about it since March, but like August is for me, at least like the official start of starting to think about football. Okay, before we uh, today, we're going to do uh, we're going to do some uh, talking about how we uh, research and, uh, and and deal with positions in DFS. We'll go through each position, uh, kind of talk about what we look for, what we don't look for, what we do with percentages, cash game, GPP, that kind of stuff. Thought it'd be a good topic there. So talk about positions uh, this week. Uh, I want to start at the top and talk a, a little bit about stacking with you. Uh, you know, stacking is you know playing two or three guys from the same team, kind of trying to correlate those guys. If uh, you know Drew Brees throws a touchdown to Michael Thomas, you're suddenly getting done. Double the points because you get the you get the passing yards, you get the passing TD, you get the receiving yards, the receiving TD. So obviously you can kind of you know it's hard enough to predict in football what's going to happen, but if you can get one event that helps you in two different spots, obviously that's pretty significant. Uh, most GPP winning teams you see there are the rare occasions that this doesn't happen. Most teams have some sort of stacking going on, whether it be something like that or maybe you know two guys, three guys in the same game. That's a, a shootout back and forth. Usually you're doing some kind of correlation where you know you don't have to hit you, you have to hit on so much as it is. It's, it's nice to kind of pair those up um, before we get into. GPP and cash games, how you do that? How do you feel about stacking in general? Are you someone that, you know, every GPP, you have a quarterback receiver. Uh, how, how do you feel about it in general? It's it, – they, they kind of go counter because 
with GBPs, it's just so hard to get a high enough score without right. like decent correlation in your lineup. And so if you're building a GPP lineup that every player is, isn't correlated, I mean, meaning they're all individuals, um, it, you're just putting yourself kind of behind everybody else who's going to get those, you basically call them double points, even though they're not quite the same, but like, um, yeah, you'll probably go 17 weeks looking at all the GPP winning lineups and there's going to be some sort of stack there, whether it's quarterback, wide receiver, two wide receivers, uh, wide receiver, tight end, like there's, or meaning quarterback and those guys, but like, um, it's just such an easy, like you're overthinking it. If you're like, maybe I won't correlate this week. Like maybe that's how I'll differentiate. It's like, no, no, you're, that's a mistake. Uh, yeah. but strangely, like cash games are kind of the other way. You don't necessarily want to stack too much because if it doesn't work out, you're totally dead. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's an interesting point. How much do you still stack in cash games? I know you're more of a cash game player. Do you uh, like what are most of the time are you doing a quarterback wide receiver? Most of the time are you not? Uh, it, it really depends on the week, but like the, yeah. the way I tend to look at it is more on the cheaper guys. Like I'll correlate, like if I'm paying down a tight end, I might as well take the tight end for the quarterback that I have, because at least that, you know, if I'm not sense. expecting a ton, I might as well get the correlation there. But I mean, I, I understand if, if you think it's a great week for some specific quarterback wide receiver combo, like it's not like you shouldn't stack in cash games, but it's more that, that it's such a significantly more valuable strategy in GPPs. What about uh, some sneakier stacks? Everybody talks about quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. You know, obviously they they correlate pretty easily. Um, the one I like to do sometimes is running back and team defense, with the thought that if my running backs, uh, you know, has a lead carrying the ball uh, late in the game, it's good there, and also that's good for the defense. The other teams kind of coming from behind, passing. You know, not as good a team. Um, I think that running back defense is one that you know people don't obviously jump to. That it can be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it certainly makes sense from like a football standpoint. I mean, it, just like you explained, like if another team is kind of trying to get uh, or if the team is way out, then they're going to be running the ball a ton. And then the defense theoretically played well. Uh, but at least on DraftKings, like the, the points that you get for uh, how many points your defense allows and the, and the point deductions as they allow more uh, really doesn't, it's not that big of a difference where you're like, and, and their shutouts in football are just so rare that yeah. you don't necessarily need uh, to focus on, points allowed for defenses we'll get to defenses later so um but yeah that being said uh teams that are like desperately trying to catch up and if you have a defense who has been you know a high pressure defense theoretically then like turnovers can happen and like that's where we really get our defensive points so i mean the more the ball is in the air it seems like it's it's easier to to create some sort of turnover i mean plays take a little longer to develop so you have a longer time for a sack that could turn into a fumble or there's or that increased pressure then leads to interception so like the, the correlation is definitely there, but you actually have to realize like why it's there. And it's not just because of the points allowed. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a good point too. What about, uh, you know, quarterback and a pass catching receiver, like a, a Tom Brady, James white kind of thing. Are you, uh, are you one who, who kind of goes for that? I definitely get it. I mean, the, the odd thing is, is that usually with the, you, you know, you have like your bell cows, um, where depending on the guy, whether he catches the passes or not, but yeah, like, the the James Whites we saw with Austin Eckler, although that might be a little bit of a different situation, uh, at least at the beginning of this season. But uh, it definitely makes sense. Uh, you tend not to like want to pay way up for guys who pretty much are just pass catchers. Um, but if you can get like the Tariq Cohen last year was like 
grossly underpriced for how many uh, balls he was catching. So like that definitely makes sense. Like the the way that the NFL is now, most guys or you're you're going to get receptions at every position. That doesn't mean everybody's going to get all these catches, but like there are guys at each position that will catch a lot of balls. And so don't ignore running backs, certainly on DraftKings, which is full PPR. Like don't ignore guys who like running backs that are like just catch passes if they're going to get 10 targets because that's actually more valuable than the 10 carries that they might not get that that game. Absolutely. Now, what about a uh, you know what about stacks that you don't aren't a fan of? Are there like would you ever stack a quarterback with a you know a volume dependent running back? Say like a a Zeke or a Melvin Gordon. Like I am one who does not usually will not, will not stack a Philip Rivers Melvin Gordon thing in a GPP just because I just think that you know the, the Chargers have to score fifty eight points for that to work. You know if you you're, if you're playing a GPP you want Rivers to throw four touchdowns you want Gordon to score twice. It's just really hard to get that without it being correlated. Grant Gordon can catch a pass. I'm just using, using that as an example. But um, I tend to avoid um, a volume dependent running back and a quarterback together. Is that something you uh, will do in a, in, a, in a GPP situation or you avoid that, too? Uh, I think the reason I tend to avoid it and again, with the way that like DFS prices change every week in situations like every week is different. So I don't want to, like, you know, if you ever hear somebody like you should never do this, like that. That's not right. There's no there are almost no nevers in, in right. DFS. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. So um the so you'll get those pass catchers but the thing is if you think like a, a quarterback is going to have this huge game like if you think if it's maybe they don't score 58 points but if you think it's 40 points and you're like but i think they're all coming through the air um that's when you end up having to pay up for a, for quarterback and a wide receiver from that team or take two wide receivers right. from that team and now you've basically priced yourself out of melvin gordon or you know whoever it is like you're not going to pay if, if you think Dak Prescott has some huge game and you're like, I, I love this Dak Amari Cooper combo. Um, you're not going to have a lot of money left for Ezekiel Elliott. And so it almost like, I don't want to say it saves you from yourself from making that good from going down that, <laughs> that path. Um, but like, that's, it, you almost, again, you, you take yourself out of it because, um, if you do that, I mean, now the Cowboys have to score 58 points and it has to be those guys like any sort of uh, defensive right. touchdown special teams. You know, it's those are touchdowns that are not coming from your guys. Yeah. And we'll talk about running backs here in a bit. But I mean, if you're taking Ezekiel Elliott, you want them in a game where they're going to be running the ball a bunch of second half. And that just yeah, can, it kills the fact of taking a quarterback as it is right there. Yeah. And, and again, like he can catch passes, although Zeke's not catching usually not catching an 80 yard bomb and so it's like you're you're not getting right <laughs> a, a ton of on you're getting these like low uh low a dot uh situations yeah and there's there's always spots where it does happen i always see screenshots people like oh i told you running back quarterback can work here's one example of a gbp in week six it's like I get it. There are spots where can work those games where the quarterback and the running back does go off. But we're talking about, you know, making the good percentage play week by week. And you, like you said, every week is different. But, um, you know, for the most parts, I think that that's, that's a spot you usually want to try and avoid as, aside maybe a, a special circumstance. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how you should look at it. Like, I, I would like to avoid this situation. If you find yourself in it, I mean, it, again, it can work. The odds are against you versus the odds of other combinations working. But... Uh, you know, if, if it's going to happen one out of a hundred times or, you know, let's call it even 20 out of a hundred times, like there aren't a hundred weeks of football. So you need to really increase your odds every week because like we look at, um, like DVP and all this stuff and like a 17 game sample is like really still not that big. I mean, what, right. And that's at the end of the season, like what you, you can't really rely on that in week two. And so, um, you know, you just got to 
take the high, you know, certainly in cash games, cash games are all about like doing what you think is the most likely thing to happen and take the best odds of these, of these situations occurring. Uh, GPP, obviously you kind of can go off the rails a little bit with that, but, um, but ultimately you want to make the, the lineup that will perform more often, um, because we just don't have a hundred slates to play. Don't let uh, don't let Roger Goodell hear your hundred week NFL season. Idea. He might jump all over that. <laughs> oh, um, so as we jump into as we jump into quarterbacks, uh, let's talk about kind of how we research, how we decide on positions. Um, with quarterback, I think I mentioned it last podcast. I'm one person that I don't really worry about percentages with quarterback. Uh, on a full game slate, you're going to get so many options of quarterback. I'm usually taking the guy that I think is going to be the best. It's the best situation. It's the one spot in DFS where I might, I might be on, on my own in this one, but I don't worry about percentage. I just play the guy that I want to play. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly reasonable. We've talked about that kind of in previous uh, podcasts. Yeah. Just that, um, and and it's not like they're like wide receiver where there are so many more, but like there really aren't. Um, there usually is not like a single quarterback that's going to be so highly owned that you either need to have him or fate are fading him because of an ownership percentage. And so um, I actually find quarterback to be one of the last positions I fill. Like I very rarely start a lineup and think like, okay, which quarterback do I need to have this week? Um, and sometimes, you know, somebody's grossly underpriced and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take this guy. But right. I, I, I really can't think of a situation where I'm going in like, okay, I absolutely have to pay up for Aaron Rodgers this week because the, what's interesting about quarterbacks, at least though, and there are running quarterbacks kind of throw this idea out. Rodgers doesn't run quite enough to justify it. But like if, Aaron Rodgers has a huge game, a huge passing game. Then there are receivers who also have had big games. And like, I think, and you're like, well, you're locking up all of the passing volume with Rodgers. And it's like, well, it's actually less valuable from the quarterback, like the receivers there's no one, there's no point per completion. It's a reception. And so, you know, you get those points. Like I tend to think who's going to benefit from Rodgers' big game. And then at the end, if I have salary left for Rodgers, okay. But like, usually quarterback is not the the place where I'm where my decision tree is starting and then I'm like all right how do I pay down at all these other positions because I'm paying up for Aaron Rodgers yeah that's a uh, that's a really good point and something that I, I probably should do a little more I tend to sometimes start with like a, my quarterback receiver stack and, and go from there whereas uh it's a good point on the receivers are the ones that get the point per reception they get more points for yards all that kind of stuff so you're looking at the, the passing volume really you start the receiver and kind of go backwards that's a pretty good way of looking at it. how do you deal with running quarterbacks you mentioned that like we're gonna have we have kyler murray this year we got lamar jackson starting and you know last year he ran the ball a ton uh they're, they're gonna pull back on that a little bit you just can't can't uh you can't put that much uh that damn that much damage on running the ball that much but good Throw a little more, but still will run a lot. How do you deal with running quarterbacks? You know, when we look at quarterbacks, it's always like, okay, here's the passing yards, here's the passing touchdowns, you kind of work it out. But running quarterbacks seem to be a little bit more variable because, you know, they break that 25-yard touchdown run. that It becomes a huge week really quick, but it's, it's hard to bank on that. So um, how do you handle a running quarterback in DFS? I will almost go all the way and say I prioritize them. Um, like running quarterbacks okay. today are so different than running quarterbacks like five years ago even. Like we – if you – I mean, you realize that like the, the rushing yards from quarterbacks are just so valuable because uh, yeah. not all of them just, get them, and they're it worth, builds a huge it builds a great floor right exactly there. exactly and yeah. they're just I mean the they're more valuable than the passing yards and so like there's no reason anyone should like ever really think of rostering Josh Allen but he runs the ball a ton so now we're like he's not so bad 
Like he's yeah. a terrible quarterback. Like let's <laughs> let's be honest here. Um. So, but that that okay. rushing you're, you're gonna have, you're gonna have Bills. Mom. Yeah, I mean that's Mom that's all fine. over you now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm a Jets fan. I have to. Do, <laughs> this is what I have to do. It's a contractual go. obligation. Um. <laughs> but so you get this this great floor, and like sure they might throw for 140 yards but if they're rushing for 140 yards like that's great and like and that's obviously an extreme but like we are seeing like significant rushing yards from guys like allen or uh lamar jackson like you said like cam newton is like known was known as like the rushing quarterback he had all these rushing touchdowns and like we barely even talk about him in terms of like the best rushing uh quarterbacks now and i mean the big thing is is that we were looking we used to look at rush running quarterbacks like guys where plays broke down and they were able to do something with their legs. And now plays are designed to get these guys into space. And like we said, like Lamar Jackson may pull that back a little bit just for his own safety. But like, right. If that's what's happening, like that is gold. And so, um, you know, don't, don't just think about passing yards. Like it's as simple as that. Like there are enough guys who run the ball now where you have to think like, if he's not going to have a good passing game, can I can you still get sixty rushing yards out of him? Which used to be crazy, but for a quarterback, yep. but like now we're getting it. Yeah, and sixty rushing yards right there is what one hundred fifty passing yards, same right. amount of points. Right. I mean that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge start with the floor. Yeah, it, it's you 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 have to consider it because and that because there are enough guys that do it now, and I'm actually curious to see if we if these guys start getting priced up just because of the rushing yards because they end up being more valuable than the passing yards. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it'd be interesting to see with Kingsbury in Arizona what they do with Kyler Murray. Obviously, he's a guy that can do that if they need him to. I don't know. He's also a small guy, too, so they got, they got to really worry about how many hits he takes. But that's going to be a fascinating offense to watch the first few weeks and kind of see what we get. For sure. Yeah, that I think he's going to be the one that everybody really looks at, and that, more for his size than anything else because, um, you know, one big hit. and Because, because, he's, because he's my height? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. By the way, for people who don't know me, that's not a good thing as a quarterback. Um, uh, what about like game script wise? As uh, you're looking at quarterback, uh, you know, I'm obviously it goes without saying you're looking for a high over under. I, I like a really low point spread. I'm looking for that shootout. I'm looking for that 38, 35 game that we've talked talked about uh, in the first couple podcasts um you know you want your quarterback having to throw the ball in the second half the worst thing you have for your quarterback and sometimes you can't control it is you know you get a you get a defensive touchdown and the running back breaks one suddenly it's you know 21 to 3 at halftime you're like uh, my quarterback's dead yeah uh <clears throat> but you can't really do anything about that like you, you can't you read the game right the, yeah. the touchdown just came from somewhere else uh that's one of those uh process over results bailouts but um Absolutely. yeah i mean that's that's certainly what you look for i think we we look at things like we want the guy to be throwing in the second half or, and <clears throat> as we're getting ready to watch preseason games or at least hear about preseason games like yeah please he hear about <laughs> um yes. like starting quarterbacks tend not to come out of games like it it has to be such a colossal blowout for teams right. to to actually pull quarterbacks but that doesn't mean that they're still throwing and teams that are behind but the teams that are behind will throw um, we kind of touched on this previously, like if the game, if a game has a huge spread and, uh, you're like, well, I'll take the underdog cause he'll be throwing all the time. And it's like, well, volume is nice in some positions, quarterback, not always just because they, they could throw interceptions. If it's, if it's that bad, they're throwing interceptions as much as touchdowns. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, you want to target these high total games with the, uh, with tight spreads because theoretically the quarterbacks will be playing. And trying to score as much as you can, although 
Uh, again, like we saw with the Saints last year, everyone's like, oh, Drew Brees, the Saints score a ton of touchdowns. And it's like, well, they actually run a ton. And so you yep. don't necessarily want to kind of gloss over um, the team when you're looking at the game script. So if you have a, if you have a quarterback in a, say, a 14-point spread but a high over-under, are you are you one of those people like, well, you know, Brady might throw four touchdowns in the first half and gets all your points there? Or are you one that uh, pulls back off that because you're worried about the second half? Uh, well, the Patriots are absolutely sorry. Absolutely, sorry for that example. No, they're absolute murderers. So I actually <laughs> wouldn't cons- like hesitate on that at all. I've seen uh, enough games where the Jets lose, end up losing forty-two to three or something like that because the, the Patriots don't let up. So it, it depends on the situation there. But right, of course, that um, was an example. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but uh, that one hurt a little bit. Uh, we'll, sorry, we'll get to that hurt in a little in a while. But, we will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want it, to. It's one of those things that like you're not going to ignore it if a game has a high total and a huge spread that means one team is going to score a lot and if you think the quarterback is going to be responsible for it there's no reason to be like well i don't know about the second half and it's like if you get four touchdowns in the first half the second half doesn't really matter yeah that's a, that's a good point it's just it, it's hard to know that they're, they're going to throw for those passes but I, I tend to i tend to pull back off those a little bit uh, in you know some situations like you mentioned the patriots are a team that uh, you know notoriously uh, will not uh, will not ease off the gas pedal so that that's a good thing for dfs too so uh, it really depends on the situation i tend to i tend to look for a, a little bit of a, a closer spread sure. um i tend to uh, i tend to look usually uh not maybe the top two or three price quarterbacks i tend to kind of get in that second tier but that obviously is week by week too before we continue a quick message from one of our sponsors if there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head to WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Top-end elite guys, the mid-range guys, and the cheap guys. Let's start with the top-end guys. Uh, when you're looking at your uh, your Zeke's, your Le'Veon Bells, your David Johnson, uh, how do you decide each week You know which one of those guys you're going to use that week? It usually starts with matchup. Like, it's very rare yep. where one of these top guys, you know, there's like this overwhelming case of why you shouldn't play them. Like, they're the top price for a reason because they get a ton of volume, they catch passes, they score touchdowns, like the that's what that's why they're at the top. Um and so you generally go then to matchup and matchup you know leads you to to game script and ultimately like that's that's the decider. Uh and usually if there's one very clear guy um because of his matchup, then you know he's going to be highly owned. Like it it's very that is very simple. Like if yep. if you have somebody with a great matchup and he's high priced, but you know, he's going to get the ball a ton. Like that guy's going to be owned. And so you make your corresponding decisions from that, whether you want to fade him in GPPs because you know, everyone will have him, or you target him in cash games because he's the most optimal play. Uh, it's easier actually in GPPs because again, there are other 
high-priced running backs who can do very good things, and maybe their matchup isn't quite as good, but it could be that that means they're going to get the ball more because it's a it's a tougher match, you know, closer game. They're going to get more touches as opposed to the guy with the fantastic matchup who's up thirty five nothing at the half. With uh, with a top end running back with a good matchup in a cash game, what kind of percentage do you do you see? Like uh, you you play more cash games than I do. What's uh, you know say say Barkley has a really good matchup. You know what uh, what type of percentages do you, do guys reach in that level? Yeah, <clears throat> you know obviously the size of the double ups. Um, of course, yeah, affects it. But I mean, you can see guys in the forty to fifty range. Like it, okay. it can be that drastic, and it, it it becomes very drastic on the low end. Um, in terms of if guys, you know, if there's a injury and now all of a sudden, right, Paul Perkins becomes somebody we want to play. <laughs> you really like to you really like Paul Perkins. You brought right? up Barkley. I'm just <laughs> just going down the depth chart. Uh, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, in in GPPs, I usually I usually see like twenty to twenty five percent maybe for those top end guys with a good matchup. So you know, reaching enough percentage where it's interesting to play some game theory there. And like you said, you know, if Barkley has a great matchup. Maybe Zeke doesn't have quite a good matchup, but you're like, you know, Zeke still Zeke is going to touch the ball a lot. You know, maybe that's a, a good spot to uh, to move away from Barkley and go with someone that's you know as big of a stud that you can can blow up at any time. Yeah, you just you don't want to get into the mindset of like the this guy has the best matchup and thinking that means nobody else has a good matchup like. Exactly. It's possible that there are that all you know the top five all have great matchups, and you're like, and then then it becomes a little more fun because not there isn't somebody who's going to be you know as, as highly owned, uh, so you can benefit from that. But like again, like don't don't take like your one decision and make that make everybody else look terrible just because your guy looks really good or at least the guy that you're considering because it's possible that you're very high on a game, but the other game could be just as good and don't don't like cloud yourself just because you're like this guy is definitely the best matchup and so i'm gonna play him yeah and obviously we don't know percentages ahead of time and stuff but you know as as we've mentioned before you know read read as much as you can listen to many podcasts as you can that you you find valuable as you listen to stuff and read stuff through the week you could, you could pretty much get a feel for who 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 a lot of people are on each week yeah the the term lock is like the one of the worst oh, dfs the worst. terms i've ever it. heard but it's everywhere and As so, a sports betting person, I, I hate that word. Yeah. Too. Oh gosh. Yeah. So the there's just uh, you know there's there are people out there who's like this guy's a lock this week, and usually they're not like going really out on a limb to on that call. But like no, that if you see enough of the you know Zeke's a, a lock this week, and there are enough people who see that, and they're like, oh, all right, I'll just let me lock in Zeke, and I'll go from there, and then you know what to do from there. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to figure out week by week who who, who the public is going to really be on percentage wise. Uh, what about game flow wise? Your top end guys? Do you want guys that are, are favored, or you know, game flow and game scripts not as, not a, as much of a worry here in the top end where guys are going to touch the ball no matter what? Uh, yeah, yeah. At the top end, it's all usage. Like you know that they're going to get the touches, and so if if the game flow does seem like they're not going to touch the ball, you need to figure out are they not touching the ball because he already has three touchdowns, or are they not touching the ball because they're actually significant under, you know, they're terrible, whatever it is. Um, it, it, you never want to like ignore the game script, but like all of these guys on the top end are going to have the, the usage. It's just a matter of whether you think the usage is going to continue. Um, you know, it's not like they're losing touches to somebody else if, if they're down, like if they're trying to come back, some guys stay on the field forever. So like, it doesn't, you know, you don't want to yeah. go too crazy with, uh, with fading guys just because you're like, I don't know if he's going to play in, in the second half. Or, you know, it, yeah. again, it's not not playing in the second half. It's a, they're, right. they're still going to play. 
And there were there were a couple times last year where Saquon, they were you know the Giants were down and they just dumped it down to him over and over. He had yeah. double digit catches. You're like, this is great that they're down because you know Manning just is literally dumping him every single play. Right. This is as far as he can throw now, and so it's like, all right, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you're not going to get any, any Eli, any Manning uh, disagreement from me on that. <laughs> uh, what about the mid range? I, I really like the mid range. Uh, this is a spot where I, I feel like you know some research and studying and all that kind of stuff can really get, get you in a good spot. You know, these are guys maybe you know running back uh, eight to twenty on the on the list, or maybe eight to fifteen, something like that. Twenty is a little low, but eight to fifteen. You know, I love guys in here that uh, you know usually they're okay, but they have a really good matchup this week. So yeah, you, you maybe a guy like Lashawn McCoy, Lamar Miller. You know, in a perfect matchup, these are guys that you know are going to touch the ball, and you know those, those two instances are probably uh, those are a little dated. This probably a couple of years ago, but guys in the middle range who have a really good matchup, I tend to find uh, are really good spots to find plays. Yeah, and, and they usually, if you do your research correctly, they usually stick out. Like you're like, wait a minute, so. And 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 those situations are always nice because you're like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, everybody's everybody always talks about the top end, um, or if there are a few cheap guys, you're going to want to play them. So I agree that that middle ground certainly in GPPs is great. McCoy has definitely won some GPPs from people. Um, he's also murdered plenty of linemen. But R- rumor has it, Lashawn McCoy is a very uh, good name in our house. Oh, okay. There, see, there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you know because they all seem to be clumped together, and you're they're like, why is this guy any better than this guy? Um, that's where you do like, that's where you find your kind of lower own guys. Like nobody, uh, I mean, were you like super excited to roster LaShawn McCoy that week? Well, they were playing the four, they were playing the four hours defense. So that week I actually was. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, but it's funny that the, the week I had, I had my big week is actually LaShawn McCoy and Lamar Miller. So apparently those names just lodged in my head. Yeah, forever. as they should be, as they should be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think w- ultimately what you want in those situations is, do any of the guys in this range have the possibility, like if the game script goes perfectly for them, are they uh, going to be as used as the top end guys? Like, can I get the same yep. production? And, uh, you know, again, the the reason the top end guys are the top is because they're more consistently there. And so you're, you're paying up for knowing you're going to get, you know, 20 carries and eight to 10 catches. Like those guys are there. And the mid range is these guys can get there. They're probably not, but in the right situation, could they move up to these top end running back uh, levels? And every week there's at least one, if not two, that do it. And so um, you just, you know, look at the matchups, you know, if the, if you know the usage is there, then that's, that's easy. Um, And so it's not going to happen every week where the guy that you take in this mid range matches the ones in the top, but there, there will be a guy, at least one every week that does it. Yeah, and the nice thing is, you know, you know, you don't quite need the numbers of the top end guys, but that mid range guy, and maybe that lets you get a top end receiver that you weren't yeah. able to get. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's all about there is a salary cap in this game. It's all about fitting guys in. So while, while we all want to play Zeke and Barkley every week, you just can't do it and be productive everywhere else. So there's you got to find money somewhere, and this is always a spot where I like to use, I like to find at least one guy every week where I think uh, you know performs up near the top end for a mid range price, and those can be gold when they work out right. Absolutely, yeah. That's it's the the hardest running back work is right there. In terms yeah. of like, uh, so what about the ready? cheap guy? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What about the cheap guys? You know, this is usually all about opportunity. Uh, you mentioned someone like Paul Perkins. If Barkley's hurt, you know, all of a sudden he's he slots in that main role. We had a guy last year. We talked about a lot. James Conner. The first couple mm-hmm. of weeks was uh, you know filling in for Le'Veon Bell, who was holding out, uh, and he 
he was you know priced down. He was just a monster for everybody. He got to be a huge percentage eventually, pretty quick, and he moved. The price moved up, but it's usually about opportunity. It's usually about an injury. It's usually about a suspension, a holdout, something like that, where a, a guy who usually is not expected to get the volume and is priced down suddenly you know falls in a spot where he does get the volume. Uh, I think this is what we talked about before. This is where high percentage really comes into play. If you have a guy like that in a GPP, you know, these are guys that can approach 35, 40% of GPP because everybody in the world is talking about him. Everybody knows that, you know, player, you know, running back one is, is hurt. Everybody knows that in, in this football world. And obviously everybody's looking for that second guy. So how do you deal with the cheap running backs? I assume in a cash game, you're just like, whatever, I'm playing these guys because, you know, volume at this price is 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 pretty much a, a really good thing. But then GPP wise, do you tend to do you tend to fade them? Do you tend to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're too good of a value? Uh, how do you deal with the kind of the cheap running backs in DFS? So, yeah, like you said, cash games, they're it. Like, it's, yeah. it, you really don't even need to overthink it. Um, it's it, a lock, right? <laughs> <laughs> almost got me into that one. Um, it, so I tried. Yeah. The, the, arc, the pros and cons of playing them is, are just so one-sided, it's certainly in a cash game. Like, the cons, like, I'm not sure what they are. Because if everybody has the same guy, even if he's terrible, everybody else has him. And... You have better guys elsewhere because this guy's so cheap. And that doesn't mean to like just pay yeah. down, like just throw away one spot so you can pay up elsewhere. But like that's why people do it. It's not only I'm going to get the production using DraftKings prices here. Like I'm going to get the production of a $9,000 running back for 4500 just because of usage. But it's what you do with that extra money that now you're like, wait a minute. Now I can get another – I can get that stud running back and this cheap guy and a stud – wide receiver and my quarterback's pretty good too like that's what you do with it for gpps like i understand fading that spot for leverage in case he's terrible but the problem is is that all of those people um unless you're you somehow found another cheap running back but if you didn't all of the people that you're playing have better wide receivers or better tight ends than you because they were able to take that extra salary and spend up at the other spots and so what you want to do is the the right fantasy analysis is everybody's going to pay down for this guy because he's he's now the starter and he's still priced as a backup and you're going to take that money and you know take Antonio Brown this week and what you want to do for GPPs is take the cheap guy and don't take Antonio Brown right yeah no that's a, that's a good point I, I think that it's key that you know a lot of people are like oh you got to play this guy but a lot of people are like oh you got to fade He's too high percentage, but it's more about building it, building away. I mean, you could take a high percentage guy in a GPP. You just have to make sure you differentiate yourself a little bit elsewhere. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's I think people don't take that second step of of the fading part of like if you're going to fade somebody, what are you going to do with it? And then, or if you're not going to fade somebody, at least fade the guy that everybody's going to because of the extra salary. Like that's where you can differentiate. You don't necessarily have to differentiate on the one specific guy that everybody has. Right. I play a lot of DFS golf, and that's kind of the same way. You got a guy that if you think guys can win the tournament, but he's 30% owned, just make yourself, make yourself a little bit different elsewhere. It's your, it's your total percentage across the team. It's not just that one spot you have to focus on. You seem like a very normal human being to play DFS uh, or PGA DFS. What's wrong with PGA DFS? I, I just I feel like I've never heard anybody. <laughs> I mean, and this is back to like I spend too much time on um, DFS Twitter, but like I don't. Maybe it's you because it just seems like nobody wins money playing PGA DFS. There's like a lot of money out there, but everything it's, I see is like, oh, is. my, I, I, I did this and I did, this is why I hate P and I've never seen a positive <laughs> thing about PGA DFS on the Internet. 
It's uh, a positive thing I would say is it's really, really fun. If you like golf fan, golf's kind of built for DFS. It's yeah. over one weekend. Uh, you have Friday. You have the, you have a big cut on Friday. So you've got like this huge cut sweat on Friday that you got to get your guys through. And then if you do, then you got the weekend. It's a, it's a very fun game, but it's very, very difficult. Yeah, well, it's it's I know the difficulty. I, I think the I've played sporadically just because um, there are enough it's people there. who play. And I'm like, yeah, it's there. Yeah. And the... <laughs> The fact that it's in it, that like uh, my losing lineups are sitting on my screen for four days, that's why. That's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I like, I know that I lost. Like, I lost on Friday, and yet I'm there Saturday afternoon, and it's like, just get off my screen because I know. I wish you could just give up. You're just like I like accept the loss, and DraftKings just takes it off my my screen. <laughs> I uh, I had a pretty good uh, I had a pretty good GP win last year. I was third in the. Out of, I don't know, probably 15,000. So I had a pretty good win. So I'm, about, I'm playing a little bit of house money. Not a huge win, but a good enough win that uh, I don't feel as bad losing uh, right now just because okay. it's uh, I'm playing with their money a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. But, take that. but it's uh, it's tough. You got you to gotta get six guys to the cut. You got to make it. But anyway, I'll get to, I'll move on. I can talk about golf for an hour or two in a minute. We want that. <laughs> Um, last thing on, on cheap running backs, how do you deal with like the, the, the pass catching specialists in DraftKings? You know, I always use, I always use Theo Riddick an example, not a good one right now because he got cut, but then he got signed by the Broncos. Uh, how do you deal with that? You know, sometimes you get a, a pass catching guy like Dion Lewis or someone like that. You get really cheap in, in DraftKings. You know, it's not consistent every week, but you know, if you can get eight, eight, eight catches, all of a sudden, you know, these guys become valuable really fast. Yeah. I think that's what you need to do if you need to pay down a running back, like forget about how many carries a guy is going to get. It's all about catches because that, you know, getting your points there. Eight, I mean, eight catches for zero yards is worth 80 rushing yards. And Crazy, like, but yes. And you're not going to get 80 rushing yards, most likely, unless a guy is a starter like, and, or the guy just breaks one off. But the, the odds of you getting this, like a backup running back uh, without an injury to the starter to get 80 rushing yards in a game is just highly unlikely. And so at least, I mean, eight catches is a lot also, but there are guys who just play on passing downs and they do catch, you know, let's even call it four or five catches. Um, that's so much more valuable than you're going to get of a guy who is in the same situation on the depth chart, but doesn't catch passes. Like wh where is the upside there? Whereas in, you can, if you can see some pass catching upside, certainly on DraftKings, although even in half, half PPR, like it, those are points that like guys who do not catch passes will not get. And if you're right. relying on those non-pass catchers to get carries, now you're going to have to get them enough carries where they're rushing for 40, 50 yards. And it's just, it's just so unlikely. Yeah, and you mentioned the eight catches for zero yards, but obviously that you know that doesn't happen. You usually get four or five catches exactly. for forty-five yards, and exactly. all of a sudden you're at you're at eight you're at eight and a half points, and you throw a touchdown in there maybe, and suddenly you got a guy that really is a, is a pretty good play, and it's just. It, 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 it's not an obvious one. It's not one that sticks out. But uh, you know, game script comes into comes into effect here. If you've got that running back that catches all the dump offs, and you think it tees you down in the second half, you know, suddenly it becomes a guy that is really interesting. Yeah, the, I mean, the the way you just have to look at it is if you're looking at a number of cheap running backs and thinking like, who do I want to take out of this group? Um, you have to think for every. If you look at one guy and said he's definitely catching thirty yard thirty, or excuse me, he's definitely catching three passes. You have to look at the guy who doesn't catch passes and say, is he going to rush for thirty yards? And if the answer is not even close, then you've made your decision. Once again, a quick break for one of our sponsors. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? If so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com because new leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. 
Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find someone to play in your league? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing one, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com slash Rotowire and start your dynasty today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So wide receivers, uh, I kind of break it down like I do running backs. Uh, you know, the pricey guys, the elite guys. We're talking, you know, Antonio Brown, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Tyreek Hill. Now he's not suspended. Then you got the mid-range wide receivers and the cheap guys. Let's start at the top, though. Um, obviously, the top running, uh, top wide receivers are all really good, but a little more variable than a top-end running back. You know, a top-end running back, you can pretty much count on a certain number of touches per game, barring any you know injury or something extreme in the game. Pricey wide receivers, you can count on the targets, but that doesn't mean that you know the next they're going to have big games. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devonta Adams are really consistent guys, but Antonio Brown has you know games where he catches you know six balls for you know forty two yards, no touchdowns. It does happen. You know, he even has you know three catch games, so they're a little more very with the top end guys how do you deal with these stud wide receivers week to week i tend to uh, i mean you go right back to matchup uh, I, I feel like that's the answer for everything but um the the difficulty with the the difference between the top end wide receivers and the top end running backs is the running backs it's much easier for a quarterback to hand the ball off to a running back and that's like a touch that he can get points right. on whereas like it sounds so stupid but like 
the wide receiver needs the quarterback to get him the ball. And so um, stupid, but true. I mean, it works. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, you just need to look at the situations of like what where where are we most likely to have X quarterback get my guy the ball as often as possible. And so um, if you have like a, a high priced running back who has like not a great game, it still possibly touches the ball. 15 20 times and and again if if he does nothing with them like that that happens but like if a wide receiver has a really bad game he has like three catches for 30 yards just like you said like that's horrible when you're paying all the way up for this so the you there's definitely more stability at the top end running back usually than the top end wide receivers that doesn't mean not to pay up for wide receivers but they're also significantly more wide receivers to choose from i mean they're we have more spots to fill. Um, there are more of them on the field. And so the possibility that um, a guy from a lower price range can match the top guy is more likely than the running backs just because there are more of them. And so um, with with the top-end wide receivers, I think you look at matchup um, because you, you, pro- you basically know that the target volume will be there. But the like you said, like it's not – you don't get points for a target. You get points for receptions. And so you have to figure out if these five guys are all going to get 12 targets today, who's most likely to catch all 12 balls. The, I, it's funny. I mentioned Devonte Adams. The Devonte Adams this cra- season last year was absolutely crazy. He did not have a game last year where yeah. he didn't score or have at least 80 yards. Yeah. I, it's, it was the most consistent receivers. DeAndre Hopkins had it two years ago. It was really close to that too. But like his worst game without a touchdown was 81 yards. His worst game with a touchdown was six for 40. And we're talking 16 fantasy points in PPR every single week, the whole season. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, it was crazy. And Chris Liss is just crapping on the guy still all summer, but ate some. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. what about, sorry, go what ahead. about the, the opposing cornerback? You know, obviously there's a big thing. You've got guys, you get, you know, the old Deion Sanders, like on an Island covering the best quarterback or best wide receiver guy. Um, I tend to worry about these, you know, on the extremes, uh, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Patrick Peterson, like the really, really stud high end guys. I will pay a little bit of attention to for the most part. Uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to because, you know, Rodgers here just takes one big play. Obviously, you know, guys are running in motion. You know, things get switched and matched out. And every once in a while, you get guys that follow receivers. Somebody's like Richard Sherman plays one side of the field, not a receiver, that sort of thing. Uh, how do you play the opposing cornerback? I know a lot of people that are really into this, and I'm not quite as much into it as most people. I understand why people are really into it, but it seems like they go into it thinking that the offensive coordinator will do absolutely nothing to figure out how to get exactly his wide out on some, you know, guarded by somebody else. So, like, I think there are extreme, like you said, there are extremes. And so in those situations, it's like, it's not a deal breaker by any means, but if there's somebody else, like if there are two guys that I think are fairly, could be similar. And one of them's up against Xavier Rhodes is like, I guess I'll take the other guy. But like, it's not something like Xavier Rhodes is, you know, I'm going, I'm avoiding him all season because there's nobody ever does well against him. Like there are enough ways where wide receiver, like elite wide receivers get the ball. Um, enough that you can make it happen. I mean, I feel like we saw this with DeAndre Hopkins a few times last year where everyone was like, oh, it's such a tough matchup, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it's like he has another DeAndre Hopkins game. Like, the guy's ridiculous. Yeah. And so, so good. Um, like, it, it's part of the process for sure. I mean, that's part of your matchup research of, like, he's not going to have the perfect matchup, um, but can he overcome that? And for, for these stud guys, the answer is usually, like, probably, because it, it, there's just enough. You know, even these elite guys, there's so little – contact that they can do now and um obviously like a pass interference down the field gets you no points but unless you're in those air yard leagues that haven't haven't opened yet but uh i don't know it's i think 
I, I know why people are so adamant about it, but I feel like there's just not enough research to be like, you cannot play guys against them because no one has ever succeeded. I'm also very upset you didn't use Darrell Revis as an example. Oh, I would have been considering he had an actually Revis Island nickname. That yeah, been, exactly. That would have been better, but you know, Dion's my dude. He was on the Niners for a year. They won a yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. so you know it happens. I get it. I get it. And obviously, with these pricey guys, you're going to want uh, you know what targets. You know, as you look at game modes or game logs, uh, you know you want guys with double digit targets every week. And there are those guys. You look at DeAndre Hopkins, and you know getting double digit targets in a majority of games. You know, obviously their offense is built around getting him the ball. Um, you know that's. Why they're that's why the top end guys. That's why they're expensive. Uh, but make sure that uh, you know y- you want your target guys. I mentioned uh, Tyree Kill uh, usually to price the top end, but he's a little more variable. You know, relies on that big play, and you know he has those games where he blows up, but he also has the games where he's he's not quite as uh, you know not quite as involved. They shut him down, and you know the Chiefs will go somewhere else. Whereas the Texans and the Packers are going to Hopkins, going to Adams. Do you consider someone like Tyreek um, for you more of a GPP guy than someone you avoid in cash, or is it kind of a week by week thing? It's weird because I feel like because of his speed and we see all these like highlight plays where he's just like totally burning people. We're like, I feel like in my own mind, I'm like, he's more like the Deshaun Jackson type, but like, he's not like, he still gets a, a, a good number of targets. Um, he scores a number of touchdowns, but um, I don't know. I don't, I, I very rarely look at that group, like the, the Hill Hopkins Adams and be like, he'll, Hill definitely should be in this range, but like I don't know, I they they clearly do uh, do enough to like get him the ball, like they'll run him on a sweep and stuff like that. But I don't know, I I, I have him in like a slightly you know the top of the next tier, okay. Um, just because I think um, the the I think he had one ten catch game last year, and like you know it, it's a very arbitrary number. Ten, I mean, and that and that was the uh, that was the Chiefs Rams ridiculous game that I think yeah. you throw. For being the most insane game of all time. Exactly. And so, um, I mean, he double digit target targets is again, it's one of these like round numbers that we're like, oh no, that's good. As if 10 targets is so much better than nine. Um, but you know, he just doesn't have as many double digit target games as the other people. And so, um, it's weird to think that, uh, you know, you want guys who are very efficient with their catches. Um, but you, but like volume is really what you're after first. Uh, and so if a guy has, you know, 15 targets, you want that guy as opposed to the one who has nine, just because he's, that's just more opportunities to do something. Uh, even if he's slightly less efficient. Yeah. I mean, you could just flip through the game logs of the, of the three guys we're mentioning. You can kind of see the difference. You know, Tyree kill has the, the 13 yard game with no touchdowns, the 50 yard game with no touchdowns. There's just, just more uh, up and down, but then he has the, you know, seven for one forty two for three touchdowns. You may mentioned the Rams game he was 215 for two touchdowns so that there's just a little more up and down with someone like that and it's someone that I think is a little more of a a little more of a GDP guy in the top end you know when you get big games you get huge games out of him and so it's a he's an interesting guy that uh, kind of week by week uh, I kind of figure out how I think that the Chiefs are going to attack and game plan and go from there uh, what about the mid-range we talked about the mid-range running backs uh, you know there's just a lot of them mid-range wide receiver there's a lot more because obviously you have multiple wide receivers on every team uh where do you start to go here this is a spot that i think you know it really is is where you win tournaments where you do well in cash games is, is finding this mid-range wide receiver whether it be a wide receiver two on a team that's getting a lot of targets or you know the best wide receiver in an offense that maybe doesn't blow up and he's not a top tier guy uh, how do you go about attacking this mid-range it's a tough spot because there are so many guys week to week in here yeah i tend to value the guys um, 
I think it just kind of breaks down that I tend to value the the number one wideouts on worse teams than the second wideout on very good teams, only because okay. the wide the the number one tends to get more targets. Like, and it's not always the case. Um, you know, it obviously depends on team, how much teams are throwing and whatnot. But like, ultimately, I'm still like always just looking for volume. And um, in situations where it's a clear number one, but the team's not that good, like. If, if I know the ball is going towards him, even if I think the team only is going to score 14, 21 points, like at least in cash games, like you want the volume there. And so like, um, actually I'm, you're not even looking at just the, the number one teams, like thinking of the bucks last year, like Mike Evans was obviously, uh, up there significantly, you know, wherever you put him in that top tier, but like guys like Adam Humphrey, like I had Humphreys in a cash lineup probably way more than I should have last year. But like you have guys that are, he's probably even more in the lower tier, but um, you have these guys that like, if they can get five catches for 50, 60 yards, like that's actually perfectly serviceable. And for the salary that you're getting paying for that wide receiver versus like a running back or a tight end that can, you're not going to get somebody with that kind of production. So you're always going to find guys in that range that, um, that have the targets and you just have to make sure they're there that week. We talked about the extremes, the cornerbacks, you know, the, the Patrick Peterson, the Xavier Rhodes. Do you uh, do you look for an offense of those teams? You look for the second wide receiver, you know, maybe the guy that's going to get the better matchup. There's obviously, you know, teams that don't cover the slot well. Like, how much do you look at defense in terms of this mid-range wide receiver trying to find, like, little sneaky spots that maybe they struggle in as a defense? Uh, I mean, it's definitely, like, just part of the research. Like these, But like you said, like, these guys are terrible against guys in the slot. Uh, I think the important thing right. is to see like who those slot guys were. I think we a lot of times we um, people look at kind of season long stats are like oh they're terrible at this and in football like you were saying like the sample size is so small that it's possible like in the first five weeks of the season they played the five best slot receivers in the yeah. league and it's they like played, they're terrible. They played, Keenan, against... Keenan, they played Keenan Allen twice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so you're like oh these yeah. guys are terrible against guys in the slot and it's like well they're actually just playing the elite slot guys and now you're making this jump of like the whatever slot guy you have that week and you're like he's he should be great this week because they're playing this other team and it's like well look look at why the stats are as they are like that that applies to every sport i i deal with in soccer too much but like for football like the especially early in the season like they're getting killed like uh, they can't stop the run and it's like well if they're playing three very um, high percentage running teams early on, like that's why they're they're just getting the, the volume is there, and so they're seeing all these these runs, and maybe they're not that good, and uh, so maybe the, maybe you shouldn't make your decision based off just that stat. So, but anyway, so um, I totally get that second wideout uh, playing, uh, you know, against the Vikings or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, t- I tend to you obviously want number ones first because they're number ones because they get all the targets so like i don't know if i would necessarily like prioritize a wide receiver two on a elite team or playing a elite cornerback because he theoretically has the easier uh matchup but um i i, I get it i get it yeah and this is and this is kind of the spot in gpps where you find your blow-up guys you find this is where deshaun jackson marquise yeah. goodwin uh you know the the guys that are going to catch the 70 yard touchdown but you know might have two catches for 22 yards i mean that happens a lot with guys like that you know it's important to look at game logs and look at these guys and you'll see the up and down that you get uh, whereas you know the top end guys are more consistent um are you like 
can you play guys like that in GPP? Are you more looking for, uh, you know, guys with a lot of targets? I know cash games obviously looking for volume and targets. Um, in a GPP, how lucky are you to play these guys? We talk about these as GPP guys, but uh, what do you do with these type of guys? Yeah, that's that's where I play them, or else I would never play okay. them at all. So, uh, I mean, the the when you pay down like that, uh, you're you're not going to get ten catches for 120 yards uh, because those guys it just doesn't usually happen in that price range. But if a guy, you know, explodes for a touchdown, like though you want to, you want these guys who can score on any play because uh, they're more likely they're more likely not to do it <laughs> on most plays. But it only course. takes one, or you know, sometimes you get a second one. Uh, whereas these other guys that are, uh, you know, getting th- six catches for, you know, sixty-five yards, like that, it's not going to get you far enough in a GPP, as opposed to guys like uh, Peak Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and the cheap end of wide receivers, you know, there's a lot of guys that are priced down. There's a lot of guys that, you know, third, fourth wide receivers on the team. So there's a, a massive guys down there. When you're looking for guys down there, I think, you know, usually I'm looking for kind of guys that are sneaky in terms of, you know, oh, this guy has seven or eight targets the last three weeks, but hasn't really done a ton with it yet. You know, you're looking for guys that are more involved in the offense than people think. You're looking for people that are kind of, you know, blowing up a little bit within their own offense. And then guys that, uh, you know, may emerge in a big shootout game. We talked about Rams. Rams, uh, you know, Rams Chiefs from last year. You know, the cheap guy in a big, a big shootout game is someone that can fall into some good production. Yeah, no, I think um, that's definitely the key. I mean, that's uh, where like analyzing air yards really helps. Like air yards, uh, for those who aren't aware, are literally the number of yards between when a quarterback throws to a wideout and how many yards are in between, how long the ball is in the air. And so if they're if somebody's um, you know, scorching down the field and it's eventually a pass interference and the ball traveled 46 yards in the air, like it's 46 air yards. You don't get any fantasy points for that, but at least the air yards tell you that this guy is being targeted deeply. And so um, those are kind of some of the guys that may, you know, maybe they're not catching all of those balls because sometimes the penalty comes back, but like the, um, those are the guys that you, you want to look at the ones that are getting, getting the ball thrown to them down the field because they're the ones who are more likely to score if they happen to catch those. And so those are the, um, you know, there are some of those cheap wide receivers every week who all of a sudden you're like, boy, this guy had, you know, 150 air yards last week, but he had zero catches. Like maybe it's, maybe it was three bombs, who knows? But like, um, you know, it only takes one of those and you don't necessarily want to look for guys who have um, like low A dots because they're, you know, it's much tougher to catch a ball five yards from the line of scrimmage and then run the rest of the way as opposed to just catching an 80 yard touchdown. And so um, what I actually, one of the first things I do if I haven't, if I have already picked my quarterback and I'm down in the low range, like just correlate the cheap guy with your quarterback because right. at least you're getting some added bonus when like if you, if that guy happens to score you also get the quarterback touchdown yeah and in cash games especially on DraftKings, you mentioned a guy like adam humphreys earlier kind of in the mid to cheap range somewhere in there you look a guy like that can be really gold you know a guy uh, that he doesn't uh, score a lot of touchdowns uh, every week but uh, you know gets eight to ten targets so the, those sneaky kind of uh, target monster guys that you know since they're not well known since they don't score a lot of touchdowns kind of stay cheaply priced can be really good, especially in draft picks. Yeah. Hey, Julian Edelman is always the one that like people think of. He doesn't score nearly as many touchdowns as people think he does, but like or Danny Amendola, like go, those, those are the cash game guys that I unfortunately have to play every week. <laughs> unfortunately, cause they're Patriots. They're just, well, that too. They're just not, it's just <laughs> enough. You know, they're not the fun guys who are scoring 80 yard Tyree kill touchdowns. Right. That's all. So uh, at tight end, uh, tight end's a, a tough spot. You know, usually you have two or three elite guys. You've got your Zach Ertz, your George Kittle, um, your Travis Kelsey. Then you kind of got the the mass of the middle where you got a bunch of guys that, you know, uh, are red zone targets but, uh, you know, don't have big plays. And you've 
obviously you always get the cheap guys. You've got the the guys in the you know thirty five hundred to four thousand range. You know maybe they get that two yard touchdown and and be a good play that week, but uh, you know aren't gonna get a lot of targets. And you know you know they're gonna get thirty five yards at most. Uh, how do you start with the tight end position? Are you someone that usually plays the top end guys? Do you look for your bargains? I mean, obviously week to week is different, but um, how do you generally kind of jump into a week with tight ends? The, the cool thing about tight ends now, and it's kind of along the same line as like rushing quarterbacks, where like the rushing quarterbacks are now uh, like the, the level of rushing required for rushing quarterback is higher. And so and now we're seeing like the top end tight ends are so much better than they have been previously. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so you're actually looking at the tight end, the top end tight ends like you would wide receivers, like some of them get like the like ideal wide receiver numbers. Uh, and you're usually cheaper than the top end wide receivers. And so I tend to either pay all the way up for a tight end or all the way down. Like I, I very rarely find myself in that middle range because I just feel like the, the guys in the middle are just, there's no consistency. And so if there's no consistency in that range, why not just go down to the guys who are even lower and save myself some salary for going elsewhere. Um, but I, I think what you're going to see more of this season, um, is people playing two tight ends, like a tight end and a tight right. end flex, uh, either, either, you know, somebody like Kelsey or Ertz in the flex just to make them feel better. Don't, um, don't, li- don't leave Kittle out of there. Or Kittle, of course, of course. I um, take that as a, as a lot of disrespect. Right sorry, now. sorry. It was just for the <laughs> Revis slight. That's all. And now we're, uh, we're, we're even. All right. Um, but I think, but even then, yeah. like, I think you might see lineups this season with like Ertz and Kittle like paying up at both for two tight ends and then paying down a wide receiver. Cause like those guys. And, and again, this isn't like, there's not like a group of 10, it's basically three or four. Yep. Um, and so like, but I, I think that you can definitely make the case week to week, certainly in, in GPPs. Cause like you could have both of those guys be highly owned, like you know, let's, let's call it Kelsey and Kittle are highly owned in a certain week. But like, I don't think you're gonna see that many people playing both of them. And so I think that's going to be an interesting thing to to watch this season because, like I said, these these top end tight ends are just as good as wide receivers. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty much with you. I usually go top end or kind of drop towards the bottom. And I, when I say drop to the bottom, I'm probably not extreme with that. I'm not looking for the dirt cheap guy. But mm-hmm. I, you know, say if uh, you know Kurtz, Kurt, I can't say you're talking about Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey. They're, they're all similar. Are uh, you know all in the you know. $8,000 range. I avoid that like 6,500 to 8,000. They've got to put guys in there and there's always guys in there, but I usually avoid uh, you know most of those, the second tier guys, maybe the third tier is kind of where I start to look for guys. You know, I look for someone who's, uh, you know, cheap, but uh, has a good matchup or has been going up in targets week by week. And you can see like last year, Chris Herndon was a guy like that, that, you yeah. know, you, you could see the targets were coming. See, there you go, Jets. Uh, you could see the targets were coming. So you, you really want to look at targets with tight end. Uh, they're not a lot of consistent guys, but those like the Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham types that are kind of priced, uh, you know, in the secondary tier. I tend to avoid the guys. They're so touchdown reliant. Someone gets so especially a guy like Jimmy Graham. You know, if he scores a touchdown, it's a good week. If he doesn't, it's a bad week. And I, I tend to avoid guys like that. Yeah, I, I think the way you'll always look at it is you'll be like, oh, I can get uh, OJ Howard for. 2000 less than Zach Ertz. And it's like, but you should like, there is, yeah, a, there exactly. is a clear difference between these two. And like I, the, the, those is really is a three. Like if you're going to look, it's Howard, like Evan Ingram, um, yep. Hunter Henry, like goes guys like that. Like they're going to be cheaper and they're going to be in that mid range where you're like, Oh, the, you know, they, they might be fine. Um, but I mean, are they really providing you that much more than like 
Jack Doyle will or Jordan Reed when he's healthy. And so like, well, Jordan Reed will probably be up if, if he's actually healthy. But like, I don't know. I just feel like that middle range is so is certainly for cash games. just so inconsistent that if like you might get six catches for 65 yards at, you know, 6,000, why wouldn't I just pay 3,500 for four catches for 20 yards? You know, like, I don't know. I just, it, right. The, the guy, the top three guys are just so good that you're going to constantly find yourself like, why don't I just pay down? And you're going to answer that question so quickly when you realize just how inconsistent the other ones are. Yeah. And I find myself being able to find plays I like more dropping down and running back and wide receiver. So it, it makes sense more to me that I can get this mid range wide receiver paired with, you know, Kittle. Then I can go with, you know, someone like you mentioned, a mid range tight end pair with a top end guy. Usually can find a mid range wide receiver I like a lot more than a mid range tight end pretty easily. For sure. For sure. Now, a message from one of our sponsors. Otnu Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like a real GM. It's better fantasy football, auction based, deep rosters, and college player prospects. Stash the next rookie of the year while he's still tearing up Saturdays. Trade for superstars to make a championship push. Develop a team over multiple years. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. Visit otnu.com. That's O T T O N E U.com today. Defense is obviously a spot that I, I think most people are kind of like, oh, I'll take this defense and we'll move on. And, you know, and but then you look at GPP standings and, you know, the guy that got the blow up defense wins the GPP because, you know, he's got good players, but then he. He had 26 points from his defense. A lot of that is variable. You cannot count on touchdowns from a defense, uh, special teams touchdowns, which account for a lot of those points where defense does go off. But um, how do you attack defense? Do you spend a lot of time on it? Do you kind of just uh, look real quick? Like, what do you do with defense? Because I think people, it's a spot where people, um, you know, the research and uh, how people attack it, uh, you know, separates more than other positions. I feel like the weeks where the, the right defense is the top scoring one is so rare and yet when it happens we hear about it so much and like this is why you need to prioritize totally 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 agree (laughs) and so uh it's it's absolutely the last spot i fill it's i put less thought into my defense than i do any other position because it's just so variable and there are just way too many times where you're like this is the this is definitely the spot you know bears at home against the dolphins and you're like i'm gonna pay for the bears and then they you know it'll be a really strong defensive game but like you don't get points for that like obviously you get some points for uh allowing few points but fantasy points for allowing few real points but ultimately you need like a special teams touchdown or defensive touchdown and like a team like the bears are probably more likely to score a touchdown than than others but like it's so rare uh it's very similar to uh, goalkeeper in soccer that um, we joke around on on the soccer podcast. Um, goalkeeper and defense may be the most important position to win a GPP, and there's really nothing you can do every week to pick the right one. Like it, it's just so random. It feels so random. And even the times that you're like, I'm definitely going to pay up for the Bears this week, and then that's the week they don't really do well, or they do really well, but somebody, but the Bucks had three touchdowns that week, defensive touchdowns, and, and that's why that guy won the GPP. And so if you ever look at GPPs and you're like, man, I, I can't believe that guy picked the whatever defense this week and they did so well, and it's like, I bet he just guessed. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's a good point on defense, and I, I pretty much agree with the with the luck, luck aspect of it. You know, I, I tend to have a formula that I use uh, with defense. It's, uh, you know... I, 
team that's favored, a team that's at home, a team that's facing a weak defense or a weak quarterback. But I, I like a risk-taking quarterback, too. You know, you get quarterbacks that, you know, are really bad, and they're not going to take any risks in the fourth quarter. I like guys like Blaine Gabbard who are gonna still going to throw the ball around the yard a little bit and, and make some mistakes. That's really what you want when you, when you want a defense. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I think one of the key things is if you build the rest of your team and you get to defense and you can't quite afford the defense that you want, I don't think it's worth changing other things to get a defense. Such a such a good point because I've done that a couple times and I always regret it later. There, there, the, it's just so variable that like maybe you maybe it turns out to be the right call and you're like oh I totally should have done it, but like the the range of outcomes for these defenses, um, it, while large, like if there are a few that are in the same price range, uh, you're you're just so much better off going with the the other guys that you put all that time into and not all of a sudden be like, all right, now I can't play these three elite wide receivers for this perfect build that I have because I want to get the Patriots this week instead of the Texans. And it's like, it's, it's probably not going to matter. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Anything else on, uh, on defense before we move on? Uh, I, I would love to hear from people who think that they've figured out defense. Like, it, it, like uh, yeah, what, if you, what, if you, if you have a secret to defense, I, I'd like to hear it too. Right. I, there's probably a reason to keep it to yourself actually, but, um, <laughs> we're in the business of telling everybody what we think. So I guess that's, uh, that's the difference. I, I just, I don't know. I, I understand the situations that are good and you want to obviously prioritize them, but there's just so many instances where the right defense plays really well and scores barely any fantasy points. And the one yep. that was hard, that looked like it had a horrible matchup and all of a sudden we're t- two kick returns, kick return touchdowns. And you're like, well, you're dead when GPPs cause you don't have, you know, the bucks away against the, uh, the Steelers, you know, it's like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I when when in doubt, I usually like you know teams that pressure the quarterback. I like quarterbacks yep. that have to make quick decisions, bad decisions. Team with bad offensive line, so I do look into a lot of that stuff. But like you said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my entire build on it. But uh, you know, I do look for I do look for good spots, and I spend some time on. It. On it, but uh, you know, like I said, like I think I agree with you. I'm, I'm trying to fit my defense in uh, price wise more than anything else. Yes, yes, for sure. And that concludes this week's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. We'll be back next week with some more daily fantasy football strategies.